Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenen, and I'm Jim Quist. Hey, lighten one up, man. Hey, it's good to be back. We have been taking a little bit of a break, um, necessary mental break sometimes. It's, it's just the way it is, you know? And we have the <laughs> option to do that. That's the nice thing about, about this. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not always around for certain things that are going on, but uh, we're back. And, uh, and you also can't expect a random power outage to like affect the recording night. Yeah. Can I say that was weird. That, that, that was truly weird. Um, anyway, let's talk about football, man. We've got a lot of great football coming up this season uh, in the ACC. This is going to be, uh, I think, a spectacular year. We've got new coaches, got new looks, we've got a new feel. Um, the impact of NIL, the transfer portal, all kinds of stuff. And we're going to start out by taking a look, Will, at the uh, 24-7 recruiting rankings for um, for 22 first, and then kind of get a feel for where we think teams are going to be in the fall. Um, and while we're at it, we'll throw in some thoughts on, on what we've seen so far with spring football because there's been uh, – some some kind of ups and downs there and some um, uh, maybe not what we expected. I don't know. It's, it's sort of hard to say. You know, spring football to me is just sort of like an exercise of getting people out and getting fresh air and getting used to the system and, you know, getting the cobwebs out. Uh, by the time they get into um, late summer and then early fall, before they actually start playing, that's some serious stuff right there. That's when I'm going to be paying a lot more attention. So let's start. Let's take a look at um, the top teams. According to 24-7 for 22 recruiting, uh, Texas A&M is at number one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Ohio State four, and Texas five. And I, I just want to, to put an asterisk beside number five, Texas. That asterisk is me laughing. Anytime Texas is mentioned about anything. Well, Texas is back, you know, in the same vein, Miami's been back for the past, whatever, but Texas is not never felt to necessarily to the level that Miami did, but you know, everyone keeps thinking they're going to be that team that makes the rise and (laughs) lo and behold, they're here. They are winning seven games with the, with tons of talent. And Hey, they didn't even have have a player drafted in the most recent NFL draft either. Uh, which, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's a, that's happened, you know, within the last decade or so too, where where they've gone to draft without without getting somebody getting drafted. And it's a, it's even with the the transfer portal and all that, you would think, you know, they they get somebody drafted. Nope, nope, nobody. Big fat goose egg. Yeah, it was a, it was an unusual NFL draft though. I, yeah, I mean, you and I were talking about it, and our and Chris before while while it was like going on, it just felt off this year. Yeah, it just wasn't that like big name, you know that that like elite level Trevor Lawrence gonna you know right. solidify the position for the next decade type player. And we were saying, yeah, nobody knew who the number one pick was gonna be even going into the day of the draft. And then we find out, and they're like, mm, yeah, yeah, it was like he's not the best player. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and then you find, uh, then you remember, oh, it's Jacksonville, and this is why they've been picking in the top like five, what for what feels like forever. Forever. 
And, and it's like Cleveland, they've they've wasted every one of those picks. Well, except for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, come on. You know? Imagine, and yeah. It, as long as they and, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then they and then they drafted ATN, but obviously he tore his ACL preseason, so we don't know what what that how that pick's gonna play out. But I think that'll play out well. I think don't think it was well. funny that Urban was taking Clemson guys with his first picks. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even coach one of them seeing so he ended up getting canned before the season was over because everyone realized how much of a bleep hole he is. Yeah, yeah. Um hey you just you hit it on the head at the very beginning. Can't coach. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <clears throat> hey, you know and something I, I keep hearing all this stuff about going back to, to Fox or whatever to to Please don't submit us to that. I'm, I'm I not, mean, I'm who not watches? Listen. I'm not going to listen to him. <laughs> who watches Fox's pre uh, college pregame anyway? I, well, not me. Um, I'm. I I'm, barely watch ESPN's as it is. <laughs> ditto. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to. I, I will go out of my way to turn if he's on. Uh, I'm not listening to any of that. So, uh, where do the ACC Plus One uh, teams stand in the 2022 college recruiting rankings by 24-7? Well, um, the top dog there is at number seven, Notre Dame. At number 10, it's Clemson. At number 11, it's UNC. Number 16, Miami. Number 21, FSU. Uh, 34, Virginia Tech. And number 40, B.C., uh, and those are the only teams that make it into the top 50 from the ACC plus one. So Notre Dame, um, I'm maybe a little surprised here, but maybe not. I mean, this is sort of a carryover. Uh, I tell you, you're really going to find some interesting, interesting information on Notre Dame in the latter half of what we're getting ready to do. That's where it becomes intriguing. Right now, let's not look at Notre Dame. Let's look at Clemson at number 10. Uh, well, <laughs> is it's what it, you know, there's, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Mm-hmm. Was this a result of uh, bad play or is it something else? Well, I, I don't know if it's any, it's any of those things necessarily. I mean, I just think it's, you're seeing, you know, if we saw for the first time, you know, um, a team like Texas A&M have what, one of the greatest recruiting classes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they pretty much got every five-star defensive lineman that was out there. What felt like, and then, you know, Bama's going to be Bama. They're always going to be there. Georgia, same way. Ohio State, same. Te- I mean, Texas, yeah, they're they're generally going to be up there. Now, Penn State did, had a real nice recruiting class. Well, obviously, we'll get into Notre Dame in a little bit. Oklahoma, you know, they are consistently top 10. Michigan probably got a little bit of a boost from, from the way the season ended, from the way the season yeah, went. I think so, yes. And then, you know, Clemson still at number 10. It's not like they... Um, it's not hard. I don't think it was a horrible class by any means. I mean, some of it is because they only took 20 commits. Um, they're not, they only got a couple of five stars out of it. And maybe that's what, what hurts the rankings, but what, what really stands out is the name you need to know. And it's someone we'll get more into a little later. Kate Klubnik, who was the gym of this recruited class, the number right. one quarterback who will, we will see 
take snaps at some point this season, whether he be in packages specially set up for him at some point, or he just flat out earns the starting job over DJ Uyangalale at some point. He's he's the one to watch uh, from the Clemson recruiting class. Obviously, they're loading up on uh, you know a lot of good positions. Obviously, they got a couple of highly touted corners out of this class. Um, offensive, you know, offensive line. You know, they they've got a lot of defensive players in this in this uh, in this um, recruiting class. Obviously, Clemson has been a bastion of you know putting talent in the NFL on that on that defense, especially on the line for several years now. Ah, uh, okay. I, you know, this is a good explanation for, um, you know, and, and you know, the, there is one thing that I think everybody uh, tends to forget. And we, we talk about this every once in a while, having all top five recruits. I mean, it's a nice thing, mm-hmm. but it's no, it's not a guarantee. Right. So, and especially nowadays, a lot of them want to see the field right away. And with the opportunity to the, with the transfer portal and the opportunity to, you know, be able to, you know, leave and not have to sit out a year that makes, you know, the, the ability to find that spot where you can play right away a lot easier. And obviously they don't use, they don't really do that at Clemson, but they, they tend to prefer you know, the people they have in house, they're out. I think I don't, as much as, you know, people want Dabo to kind of change his ways. I just think he, Good he luck. is very stuck in his ways on it. Oh yeah. If it works, why, why mess with it? Why tinker with it? Yeah. Don't, don't fix what, you know, don't Ain't fix broke. what isn't broken, I guess. That's right. Well, at least in his eyes, it, it, you know, it needs, you know, everything needs tweaking from time to time. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he's, he's seen that and he, he's made some adjustments. He's, probably a little more flexible when it comes down to transfer portal. I mean, there's mm-hmm. discussion that he, he needs some people in certain positions and he's going to go after them through the transfer portal. About two years ago, that would have been sacrilege, you know, from, from his standpoint, I just don't think he was, he was just not into that. That was mm-hmm. just not his thing. He didn't, he didn't like it. He didn't agree with it. But, you know, like everybody else, you, you look at the reality of, of what's going on in, uh, in college sports, you've got to, to adjust or you're going to be um, pushed off to the side. Um, mm-hmm. He is much too young and, and too dynamic of a coach to, to be pushed anywhere anytime soon. So that's true. And we should say he did kind of <clears throat> sort of use the transfer portal to get, uh, get his old quarterback back, but, you know, he's third string at best. So, does it really count? Mm. You know, uh, I don't think so. it is. Well, it is what it is, right? So, yeah. Anyway, interesting, uh, interesting take there on Clemson. Um, and number 11 is UNC. And um, Mac Brown has been doing a really good job of recruiting um, for North Carolina. Now, putting all those pieces together on the field has been a, a, a slightly different sort of picture. And they, they came, Mac came in with a lot of really super talent and a lot of that talent has now gone. So uh, that surge, 
I wonder if that surge is going to be is going to be actively replaced here in the next two years with the 22 recruiting class and the 23, whether or not um, North Carolina is actually going to to rise to what everyone expected them to be. Um, and they I don't think they actually achieved that, um, especially past year. Uh, but the year before that was a, was a nice surprise. It was a pleasant a pleasant return of Mac Brown and North Carolina to playing football. Yeah, and this is going to be an obviously we'll get more into North Carolina the this season and a, a later date. But you talk about yeah they they were top well, they were number eleven overall. Brought in two five stars, top twenty players. Um, and Zach Rice and Travis Shaw, uh, Rice from Lynchburg, so not far from Charlottesville, p- pulled them out of their, out of the backyard. And then Travis Shaw is an in-state kid, but they have what what North Carolina has done really well is net with both Virginia and Virginia Tech, kind of being on down a little bit. They've gone in along with Penn State, and they're just raiding the Commonwealth of Virginia for its top players and just kind of leaving the scraps for everybody else. Yep. Um, it's an interesting day because Dre Bly has done, had a lot of success um, recruiting in Virginia. And obviously that hasn't changed. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, they've done a really good job of, of you know, filling some holes. The, the issue is it just really doesn't feel like it's all necessarily translated onto the football field. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously they lost a, a very good quarterback in Sam Howell. And we'll see how that all melds into, into this season. Well, the NFL has a, uh, I think, um, a really a, a, an up and coming star in Hal. I, I think he has been underestimated by an awful lot of people, and the fact that he went so late in in the draft tells me that that people um, looked at the team's season more so than they looked at the quarterback, and. Um, that's the kind of guy that I would love to have on on my team. Um, I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's somebody who's going to be in there for quite a long time, and and really deliver for who whoever is, you know, engaging his services. Um, I I bluntly I was very surprised by Kenny Pickett going as high and being the top ranked quarterback being picked as high as he was. Um, I. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I if I were to put those two guys side by side, uh, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't go with Hal first before I would go with Pickett. I just think there's there's more upside. That's me. You know, it was just, I was always high on Hal, and I don't think last season was a lot of his fault. No, like he his offensive line was horrible. Oh yeah, in front of him, he had to run for his life. And obviously, look at all the talent that he lost to the NFL the previous yeah. year. Nobody is going to, you know, achieve the same level of success after losing all that talent that he did. Exactly. And obviously, Kenny Pickett had a a monster season, but I like I question him a little bit. I don't. I totally don't blame the Steelers for taking him. No. You know, when when they solid. did, I was a little surprised that it that he went where he did. It's just, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm a Howell fan more than the Pickett fan. It's not a, you know, I'm not knocking Pickett necessarily. It's just, I just felt Howell has been better and he's proven it. It's just how, or, you know, the bet 
Kitty Pickett had the arguably one of the best wide receivers in college football uh, with him for those years with Jordan Addison. And, you know, the, he didn't, I don't think any of the guys that Carolina had were quite to his level. No, I don't think they, they were good, but not to that level. Right. Um, even Josh Downs, who we figure we'll see plenty of this year, but yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you on that one, yeah. Joe. Um, number 16, Miami. Um, in, you know, <laughs> this has been such an oddball of a program for so many reasons. And if you're a Miami fan, um, this has got to be frustrating that you, you, you know, how many coaches have you been through over the last 10 years and, uh, you know, and you get your hopes up and there's all this, this, uh, uh, media pumps out the U is back, you know, it's, it's clickbait, um, because it's, it's not going to, it's not going to produce for a while. Cristobal might be the guy who actually makes it happen. But you, if you're a Miami fan, you've got to be patient. You guys get so impatient with your, with your team and your coaches. It's, it blows me away sometimes. Some of the, the stuff when you go on message boards and stuff and you look at, at what's being written up after one bad game or, or uh, uh, you know, just coming out short on the short end of the stick. It's like, oh, my God, man. Um, so, and I think that's part of the reason why Will and I don't have a lot of sympathy for you as a Miami fan. If you're coming out with that crap, you know, it's like, come on, man. Number one, you is not back. You will be back maybe under Cristobal with, with a season or two. Okay. And if they start delivering consistency on wins and, and they build slowly, but surely offense and defense and are consistent. And at that point, both of us will do a you, (laughs) you know, Mm. but right now it's not, it's just, it's not just patience. Let it, let it, you know, get those pieces together, man. You know, yeah. the thing that really stood out about Miami's class is a lot of those guys came aboard once crystal ball was hired. Um, Dave, I think a lot of people were hesitant to commit to Miami because they kind of knew that there was a coaching change in the works. And some of them were probably waiting for, you know, the the official word on Cristobal. And once they got that word, Hey, we'll come play for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, They're, you know, they, they have the talent to compete in the coastal this year, just because, you know, Pitt's going to be down, but I still think they have the talent around them to be, to be the favorite. I think it's Pitt and Miami at this point. And maybe a gap for between like Virginia, Virginia tech, North Carolina, and not in that order, but just naming a tier. Yeah. 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 Um, But the, the the talent that they're bringing in to Miami, I think, I think it will really help. They obviously did really well in the portal. Um, I'm, I do have questions still about the, um, about the skill positions a little bit. They did lose some, some players who graduated finally. And yeah, I think and Tyler Van Dyke is a stud. <laughs> yeah. Was that a subtle T- shot there? <laughs> and, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is a stud. We saw that um, as the season progressed, once he got a, got a little more comfortable in the offense, he, he looked really good and looked like someone who 
I've seen him as a potential pick in the next in next year's draft. I believe he he he's be a retro sophomore after the season. So yeah, he he could easily go pro after this year. They're already putting that out there. Uh yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you hit that on the head, right? I'm, I'm processing about what his status is, and I'm, I'm, it's not coming up. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, uh, being the 16th-ranked um, recruiting class of 22 is certainly going to help them. And I think it'll help launch Cristobal's uh, reunion. And um, mm-hmm. get get the U back on track. I do want I you know it's like every team within the conference. I want to see them do well. Uh, this the stronger every one of these links are in this chain, um, the more uh, dominant the ACC is, and and that's ultimately what I want to see. Um, and I, and I know that that again I. I always say this. I know it drives some some people crazy because you know you've got Pitt fans, uh, Miami fans, Florida State fans, Virginia Tech fans, Virginia fans, um, who are all out there going, "Are you out of your minds? I hate that team. I don't want to see them do it. Why do you want to see them do well? What are you one of these people? Do you think that they say SEC down in in the Southeast Conference and uh, it doesn't matter? This is me, okay." And uh, that's that's where I'm coming from. I want I want to see all these teams do well because if it if they're all doing well, then you know we don't have to listen to uh, you're the SEC's little brother. You'll never be anything more than a basketball league. Blah blah blah. All the crap that we normally hear. And uh, you know when you're training a puppy, there people will do this, and I don't agree with it, but. Uh, if your puppy takes a, a dump in, on the carpet, people will rub the dog's nose in it. That's what I, ultimately I want to do with Paul Feinbaum when the ACC dominates the SEC. So just so that you know, Paul, Paul, coming to rub your nose in it, buddy. Paul, those ACC guys are talking about you as a can. That's right. Haven't busted that out in a while. No, you haven't. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the excuse. Yeah. Hey, anytime. I'm t- <laughs> All right. Number 21, FSU. Um, FSU is uh, slowly but surely. And this is, again, this is another fan base is very impatient. Of course, you've, you've been on this roller coaster. And uh, I think things are slowly starting to turn the corner now. We did talk about the, the fact that out of the, the coaches in the ACC, the people that may be on the hot seat, uh, Norvell might be, might be a little bit on a warm seat, um, but I, I don't think that's realistic. I think I think we just lay off of Norvell being in a uh, on a hot seat this season. Yeah, I, this season, you know. Yeah, this season. Yeah, it, I think I think people need to realize where the program was, how where 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 it was almost not. It wasn't at rock bottom, but it was like a notch or two above that so it was close but it wasn't at rock bottom close to that flaming dumpster we see in memes so yes exactly they were they were almost there but what norvell's done is he's built you know he's recruiting a lot you know the recruiting's gotten a lot better there 
no, not where you know you would expect it to be as well as like on the early on the early Jimbo days, but he's still getting really good quality commits and who are going to fill a lot of needs. Obviously you use the transfer portal pretty well. There's a kid they got from Albany who has been the rave of uh, spring camps um, the, who, who will, who, who might be the next Jermaine Johnson, maybe not to his level, but kind of the, in, in terms of impact, sure. people are saying he could be, he, he could be on that level, but um, I think, yeah, I think this is a year where, where Florida state could make a bowl and I think that's the, good, the right direction to go. Get you, you're going to have to build up your. I don't think you're quite there in the Atlantic race. I still think there's a, a few teams better than you. Yep. But you know, have another successful season, stack up another solid recruiting class like this, and you can be a contender again within a year or two. That's right. And all anybody's looking for here, realistically speaking, um, you know, we don't we you know nothing against Clemson winning don't want to see the same team winning all the time and dominating like that. I mean, really, if, if you have a team in the SEC and, um, and, and it's Alabama, 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 year after year after year, it gets old. It gets old. Now, it may not for Crimson Tide fans. Hey, good for you. Roll Tide. Um, but, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it builds a lot of resentment, and um, there is nothing better than a lot of competition. And it would be great to see Florida State get back to that position where they are, uh, you know, maybe not the dominant team, but certainly the team that can knock off Clemson at any given moment or anybody else at any given moment. Um, you know, back to being a power team where they were at one time. And, uh, you know, as Bobby would say, dadgummit, <laughs> they need to be there. And and I think it would be fun to see them uh, create, you know, that, that firestorm within that side of the conference and uh, so that it's not just one team all the time. It's just you don't, you don't know. When these two teams get together on a Saturday – or on a Friday night, or whenever they play. It's going to be a wild event. It's going to be so much fun. And it may come out like, you know, a point difference. Or from year to year, it might be a 14-plus point blowout. Who knows? But the fact is, is that, you you know, you want that excitement. And that's what we're looking for, Florida State coming back. Uh, at number 34, Will, is Virginia Tech. This doesn't surprise me at all, 34, but being in the top 50 recruiting-wise is not a bad place to be um, for a new coach. We'll talk a little more about that and what um, what we're seeing trend-wise, which I think is a little disturbing for 23. But right now, um, this is a, a mid-tier team, as you had indicated earlier. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job of keeping this class together given the coaching change. And I think this is kind of the benefit of getting rid of your coach at the point of the season that they did with uh, you know getting rid of um, the previous coach. What's, his, what's his name? Fuente, Justin Fuente. Um, <laughs> How soon we forget. 
literally i'm sitting here like I, I knew all the clues in my head i'm like former memphis coach why why can i not think of his name and it was justin fuente but he did a really good job of, of of getting this class together and then between you know brent pry and and getting in you know he obviously has a lot of experience recruiting in virginia too and he's able to you know True. get a lot of those kids to, to stick around kind of sold you know a bit the vision of the future and a lot of those kids stuck around. They believed in in what he was selling. Um, so yeah, props him for for getting, you know, getting this class to, to for the most part stay. It will, you know, this will benefit him in a couple of years when these guys are either juniors or redshirt sophomores or or whatnot. I think, I think this is a it's an interesting recruiting class from the standpoint. Yeah, they have they have a potential, you know a lot of potential on the defense with this class. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, this is going to be one of those ones where it, the fruit might bear, you know, a couple of years down the road. Right. Um, I actually think there, there will be um, a quicker turnaround for the Hokies than people might imagine. I just, I, I have a good vibe with pry. I, I just feel like this is the guy that they needed. And if they support him, which Virginia Tech is good about doing, um, they gave Fuente too long, but, you know, they supported him. They tried to help him make something happen, and he just wasn't capable of making it happen. I think Brent Pry is the guy who can make it happen. And I think that that the, the Hokies fans are behind that, and are supportive and the fundraising efforts that have been going on with the program down there have been very successful. And, uh, I, I think that, that, that the program as a, as a whole is going in the right direction. Now, this is going to take a year or two. Um, this is where the, this, this, uh, transfer portal is such, so maddening. Well, I'm, my God, it's like I, I, I sympathize with these coaches because, you know, you can have these huge black holes of, of lack of talent on your team and not be really sure as to whether or not you're going to have anything to, to really talk about next season. And then in the course of several weeks or several months, the transfer portal can – can bring all of that to you and the next thing you know what we saw in the spring game which was horrible i'm not talking about the hokies here i'm just talking conjecture here's you know if the spring game looked sucky then all of a sudden you have a couple of weeks a couple months to to work that transfer portal and the next thing you know come fall you're laying waste to people and people are going how did that happen this is the kind of stuff that, that keeps these guys up late at night uh, and gives them headaches. But this is what turns teams around now on the college level. And we're going to see a lot more of it. The people who know how to play this game um, and, and play this aspect of the game are going to be the winning coaches. And I, I think you'll see it there and uh, a couple other teams too. They'll build quickly. Yeah, that's it's the good and bad of the transfer portal is if you can – you can easily get the get the players you need to fill a position, but you can also lose the depth at a position if if they're not playing to the level they want. Right, right. 
And you throw the NIL in there and boom, yep. you got a real mess. Yep. Now, speaking of NIL, the um, really interesting uh, um, situation with a player on the next team that we're going to talk about um, was reached out to uh, by a couple of, of firms, sort of an indirect sort of thing. Um, and there was uh, several six-figure offers, NIL offers, to get him to enter the transfer portal and go to specific teams. One of them was $600,000. We'll tell you who that player is in just a moment if you haven't heard this, but let's talk about Boston College at number 40. This is a team that may be a surprise this season because I kind of came out of this past year thinking okay we've lost some of the talent and it's going to be gone and and uh so there's going to be some readjustment yeah i'm really impressed with the the recruiting class they brought in at boston college they they were a team that for a while were ranked in the top 40 or top not top 40 but top 20 to 30 until like all, all the you know the big time four and five stars started committing but Jeff Hap this is kind of a big year for Jeff Hapley and getting a recruiting class like this is only going to help um the, you know they brought in a bunch of uh brought in a couple of four stars actually to help uh, um, on both sides of a safety and a wide receiver real, real nice finds there um and this is a it's a big deal for for Boston College to get you know such a highly touted recruiting class because it's not exact Boston's not exactly a fashion of college football you know whatever but i i really think this is gonna bode well for for this team if they can you know build continue to build this momentum they obviously have a lot back for them this season even we talked about zay flowers and and you know turning down all the nil money to stick around because he has his own nil deal with bc in which he got a bmw out of the deal so you know pretty sweet gig yeah can't go wrong there um yep uh, Zay Flowers and uh, I, I, you know, read up a little bit on that, and um, you know, he had a, a he his family. There's 14 kids, and mom has passed away. Dad is is uh, basically working his rear end off to keep those 14, you know, a roof over their head and fed. And uh, this was an opportunity that he felt like maybe was something that could help out. And his dad pretty much told him, I want you to, I want you to continue with Boston college. I want you to stay there. And, uh, uh, that was the right thing also for Zay. Zay also indicated, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That's where I want to be. So, you know, and this, this is a guy that's going to go pretty, pretty high in the uh, NFL draft. So, um, yes, for sure. He's, he knows he's going to make his money in the NFL next year. Right. So that's, that's pretty cool. Now, 22, uh, the uh, ACC remaining ACC plus one teams, and I'm not going to tell you where they're ranked. Um, that, that may be a, uh, a point of, uh, frustration for some of you fans, but, uh, going out of the top 50 into the next 50, and this is 50 to a hundred, uh, Duke is is next, followed by Georgia Tech, Louisville, NC State, Virginia, Syracuse, Wake Forest, 
and Pitt is last on that list. So, um, I think it's it's uh, it bodes well that Duke is at least as high as they are there. So, uh, and that, that's a real challenge for for any coach to um, to take that program and to and to build and to recruit. Uh, it, it just is. Period. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a big fan of the Mike Helco hire. He obviously he's got a great defensive background and that's something that Duke has struggled at for many years and getting a guy like him, who's been a defensive coordinator at quite a few places and has has had success everywhere. I think they, I think this is going to be a really a team that it, it, yeah, this year may be a little rough, but let's be real. Give this team a year or two and they're going to be, they're going to be, uh, you're not going to laugh at them anymore. Let's just right. put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I really think that Elko is the guy to, again, I think, you know, we talked about we needed to see this team go to the next level, and, and the only way to do that was to get a new coach. And that's what they've done. And um, I think it was a good move uh, to, to you know, get fresh blood in. I, God, I always hate to say that because, I mean, hey, folks, I'm I I got plenty of gray, okay, and there's a reason for that. Uh, so you know, I always look at it from the perspective of of being somebody who is older and and going well, you know, uh, let's not push the old guys out the door just yet. There's plenty to offer, but realistically, there are just some fields and some businesses. And what we were talking about earlier with with Dabo and uh, NIL and the, and the transfer portal and all that. He's much too young to, to go out, but he's, he's becoming familiarized with the system enough that it's starting to benefit him. He's starting to see the benefits of it and knowing how to work it. Elko is in that same vein. He is somebody who is young enough and, and has enough exposure to that mindset that he's not going to be run over by it. He's going to use it to his advantage and help build Duke into something um, new and exciting. Uh, looking forward, really looking forward to the, the Blue Devils getting back to a point where uh, they have some success football-wise because I think they're, they're they may they may need it in about a year or two uh, if if my gut tells me anything about the basketball program. So. I may be wrong about that, but hope I am. We'll see. Uh, let's talk a little bit real quickly before we get into the 23 um, list of recruiting um, teams. Uh, D1 Baseball, top 25. Uh, Virginia Tech is at number five. Miami, six. Louisville, seven. Louisville on the rise there. Virginia is at number 12 and also on the rise. Notre Dame, 16, uh, holding steady. FSU is 21 and on the rise, and Georgia Tech has dropped out. Softball, top 25. Virginia Tech is number two. Florida State is number three. Georgia, or rather, I'm sorry, Duke is uh, at number seven. And on the rise, Clemson at 16, holding steady. 18 is Notre Dame, and they're on the rise. Uh, lacrosse tennis and golf action is underway and we're going to keep an eye on all of that stuff that's going on it's tons of uh well we've got uh ncaa tennis and golf action going on also the ncaa lacrosse uh tournament all that stuff is going on uh beach volleyball which is not an acc uh sport but the uh, seminoles play uh, in that they were the number five seed 
and they went all the way to the championship. They lost to USC, who is the number one seed, uh, 3-1, and that was over the weekend. The uh, women's golf regionals, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, first round, some uh, noteworthy things. You know, Albuquerque, Louisville is at number seven, Stillwater, Clemson two, and North Carolina State seven. Uh, in the Franklin Regional, uh, Duke is tied for one uh, with Alabama. Wake Forest is at five. Ann Arbor, Virginia is tied for fourth. UNC is tied for sixth. Virginia Tech, 11. And Tallahassee, it's Florida State at number two. And Miami is tied for four. So a lot of sports going on. Um, let's get into the next level here, 23. We're looking at the 24-7 college recruiting rankings and we're looking at uh 2023 we looked at 2022 and let's jump right into it the acc plus one and we'll talk about the very first team on the list period the top five notre dame uh we'll get into that here in just a minute this is uh interesting because we've got a new coach and thank goodness for you guys uh in south bend um baton rouge couldn't have gotten a better a better coach uh number two texas tech number three georgia number four ohio state and number five penn state it's interesting to see uh uh, how things are at least at this point in the top five notre dame at number one um this is uh this should bode very well because i think that uh i think you got a recruiter in there at head coach now uh, a real recruiter so yeah, and you can go back to our conversation um, on Notre Dame back during basketball season. We talked about, you know, they even back then right. they had the number one class in the country, and they obviously still hold that that title as of this point here in early to mid May, because you know Mar- Marcus Freeman's been able to hold on to these kids, and he he is just you know he has that energy about him that just it it resonates with with these kids, and they believe in him. And I'm I'm excited to see that because that's I think it's really cool to see see them um, you know have so much success in a recruiting trail so far. Obviously, it's only 12 commits, and we're still seven months out from signing day, so a lot could change. But I still think Notre Dame is going to end up with a top 10 class at worst. Yeah, when Josh from One Foot Down joined us, and uh, he was pretty pumped about the direction the team is going, and especially with recruiting, and uh, look forward to talking to him in uh, the weeks to come about Notre Dame and, and what's going on there. Um, got a lot of great insight there. Check out uh, uh, Josh at, at One Foot Down if you're a Notre Dame fan. Let's get into the rest of the ACC plus one teams. In the top 50, it's Louisville at number eight. So how about that? Um, coming out of the uh, 50 to 100 range for 22, and they are at number eight for 23 and they do need to do some reloading after this season for sure yeah for sure they say they're they're up to nine commits so far to this um and you know they're led by a couple of big time four-star kids um had a lot of success recruiting california actually um again that's been kind of their bread and butter and of this of this recruiting cycle so far obviously um this is a big year for scott satterfield because i think his his seattle region could be a little warm um and and you know obviously they lose they're probably going to lose malik cunningham after the season i think he's going to go pro but getting 
you know, they have a quarterback in this class that I think could, that could very well be in the mix to start in 23, uh, along with a defensive, a defensive back who, who could very well contribute right away. And I'm very curious to see, you know, how the, if they can hold on to these kids and, you know, and you see where, where things hold, because they say they could be a team to watch in 23. So our, our next three teams are teams that were in the uh, top 50 of uh, the 22 rankings, and that was uh, Florida State, number 14, at number 25, dropping off a little further, Clemson. But, of course, as you indicated, Will, you know, there's plenty of time to pick up a lot of other people as we go along. At number 26, now this is a significant rise here. Boston College is definitely, you know, moving forward and um, – this is a team I think that we need to keep a very close eye on um, down the road because, uh, again, uh, they're much like Wake Forest in that, you know, when you're a smaller school and uh, sometimes it, with Boston College, it's a little different media-wise than it is for Wake Forest. Wake Forest just sort of gets lost in the, in the, uh, in the larger context of things in North Carolina. Uh, it's not that Winston-Salem isn't a big market. It, it is. Right. It's just that, you know, everything sent, tends to be basically Greensboro East. And so that's where you're getting all the publicity and all the coverage. You know, the name teams, uh, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the NC States, because they're mm-hmm. there where you've got the population and et cetera. Uh, Wake Forest doesn't get as much because right. of where they are. They're smaller. Boston College. Slightly different story. They're in a big market, but they're competing with a bunch of other schools and professional teams galore. And that's a killer for um, a team that is in a conference uh, where they they haven't really done anything spectacular. They're starting to change yeah. that in both football and basketball. I think basketball is something else we need to keep an eye on, Boston College. <laughs> So it's exciting where Boston College is here at number twenty-six. Yeah, for sure. And you say they're they're trying to fight for attention with you know the Red Sox who are a perennial playoff team. Maybe not so much this year. The Patriots, we all need to know. We all know about that. Obviously, the Celtics are in the playoffs. The Bruins are in the playoffs this year. And you're now you know they're we're you know now they're fighting. They're they're at best fifth in the in the uh, in the in the pecking order and mm-hmm. you know they're what a seven eight win team the first couple of years they need they need to take that next step forward in order to um you know maybe get a little more attention in that town and you know, have, and one of the things i've heard and this is um you know friend of the show aj black has said this before about uh jeff halfley is a really good evaluator and sometimes he gives he is in on big time recruit big time players before the big schools are like he noticed he he sees you know them as like oh what they're supposed to be before the other schools do but then the other schools do and then offer them and you know they're not they don't necessarily stand a chance but he is a good evaluator of talent and i think that's that is a critical thing and you know it's it's on him and his staff to develop they obviously have some coaching changes there this year we'll get into down the road more so but yeah, this is getting you know continuing to you know get good commits in and you know stat and stack up these you know good recruiting classes will only help. 
Um, at number 20, uh, 28 is Wake Forest. Dave Clawson has really made a big dent here in improving his defense. So uh, you're going to see it not only uh, in, in the kids that are coming in at 23, but I think also this season, the, the 22 class is also going to make a big dent. That's one of the areas where they've had issues. They've got the offense rolling. Now if they can just shut down the other team and prevent them from scoring or cut the scores in half because some of it's just ridiculous how many how many points they're putting up and you know going tit for tat through an entire game and running up a hundred some plus points every game is a killer. And yeah. you know, if your defense can start delivering, which I think they're going to, um Man, this is going to be this is going to really be an exciting team, and people will be talking about Wake Forest, and not, you know, more so than they are right now, a lot more. Yeah, you're right, Jim, and you mentioned a defense has been an issue for several years, and they need to recruit better there, develop better. They, they, we obviously know they they can do that offensively, but. Uh, they when you see you put up 100 points a game you know both combined with both teams that's it's good and bad you know, obviously you know you can but you you got to be able to stop people if you're going to be a consistent uh you know t- consistent winner in the in college football and you know getting it getting you know getting in there and obviously one of their staples is you know get in red shirt you know develop and get older and then you develop by your third year maybe and this is, you know, this is, that's been kind of the key to their, their program for, you know, as long as Clawson's been there. So, but yeah, this is a, this is a real nice job. They're getting, you know, getting in on these kids early, hope they can, you know, develop this defensive talent and, you know, be a contender in the Atlantic. Up next is uh, number 29 is Miami. And I think that we, what we see here is, uh, even though that's a slip of, of 13 uh, in the rankings from 22 to 23, I don't think that's anything to even really to, to worry about as you kind of laid out earlier. At this point, it, it's, you know, sometimes that's the difference between having a, a couple of, of fours uh, as opposed to a couple of twos or a couple of fives threes whatever mm-hmm. um you know and those point rankings sometimes are, are very misleading you have to delve mm-hmm. into it a little deeper i think i think they're fine there um yeah they only have five commits and four of them are from miami so that really tells yeah. you where they're where they're recruiting hardest right now yeah well and i think that's a good thing there's plenty of of awesome football players in florida i'll tell you um you know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, uh, you can't go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. At number 36 is Virginia Tech. They're not too far off from where they are in 22. Um, this, uh, it's early. Um, but if I don't see this moving up, um, they need to be 30 or better. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, like I said, they only have five commits to this point. They're, trying to right now they, they're really working on the offensive line they've got three commits on the o-line um and, uh, and then an athlete and then a defensive lineman you know they, we're seeing a lot of uh, they obviously have had a lot of issues a lot of losses i should say it's not so much issues but losses on the offensive line whether 
it'd be drafting see Christian Derrissaw here in Minnesota for what for example and some graduations they need to they need to replenish the talent and that's what they're working on for this class yep um, at number 43 in our top 50 ACC plus one 43 it's NC State um, they have an awesome team uh, this season and they're gonna have to do some reloading I think and uh, I think 43 is it's okay it's better than than 22 but I think they're also gonna have to push up the ladder a bit. And I think they will. Um, only only three commits to this point. Um, not and they're all in state kids, so they're obviously just trying to work on the home the home the home kids first before they you know start reaching out some more. But I think I think we'll see them go quite a bit higher before you know before the the cycle is done. Up uh, in the fifty to one hundred range is North Carolina, Pitt, Duke, Syracuse, Virginia. I tell you what concerns me a little bit is that um, Pitt is in the um, in the fifty to one hundred range for both twenty two and twenty three. Yeah, it's um, weird, but you know they. I, I, I'm I'm curious by this if they. I don't I I don't follow Pitt recruiting very closely, but I wonder if this is if it's a numbers game, like they didn't have a whole lot of, they couldn't take a whole lot of people in the 22 class or they just were swinging and missing a lot. Um, and you know, you say it's too, too early in 20 for the 23 class to really know what, what the, you know, what's going on there. They do have a four-star commit from a, a from a, a quarterback there. Kenny, uh, Kenny Minchie out of Tennessee looks pretty good. So yeah, they're, you know, they're, they've still got a long ways to go with this class, but I think they'll be a, a really, they'll, they'll do a lot better. I think. Um, a, f- a reminder for everyone, uh, every year during the summer, we have football previews for the ACC plus one, mm-hmm. and we're going to start, um, in early June this year. Um, yep. Because basically you're talking 15 weeks, <laughs> so that's going to fill up the uh, the summer pretty pretty rapidly. We have, um, uh, of course, leading right up to the very first games of the season for ACC teams, which are, is going to be on Saturday, August 27th in Week 0, Duquesne at Florida State and Florida A&M at North Carolina. Um Two so they're not really games as much well, as they are like exhibitions. Tune-ups, you know. Yep, tune-ups um, for the real deal. <laughs> I, and I, I won't call I won't call either one of those cupcake uh, games because they're, they're I will. not. Yeah, I, I know you will, but I, <laughs> I'm not going to go there with these two teams. Can opponents can deliver? Uh, they're not going to win, I don't think. Um, unless something just absolutely off the cuff happens. But uh, we're going to have uh, a preview roundup, and, of course, our, our picks and stuff like that uh, are going to be for week zero on uh, somewhere right around August 24th. Uh, so, again, the early part of June is when we start to do our previews. We'll have special guests, and we'll be talking with people a lot about about what to expect out of teams this fall and what they've seen so far this season and uh, maybe get some, some special insight into stuff. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's uh, every year we've done that. We've, we've had some excellent guests on. We know a lot of great people 
uh, I, the, the one year that we did the, uh, the voices of was a lot of fun having the, the guys who do the play by play, uh, and color for, for all the teams was, a, was a lot of fun having those guys and talking to them because there's some, there were some, some things that were said that <laughs> were surprising, uh, in a few instances. And yeah, uh, I remember that <laughs> so, yeah. the Miami one was classic. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see, see what happens, um, this season. And, uh, like I said, that's coming up. So make sure that you subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can, um, follow us on, uh, internet radio, no matter where you are in the world, make sure that you get onto your favorite platform and, um, if we're not there, request that that uh, we're added. Uh, we have people from all over the world who are listening, and we really appreciate it. Uh, I know that you folks love uh, ACC sports, college sports from America, and we love to provide it to you. Um, also, we're on YouTube, so if you think that you can stomach uh, looking at our two mugs for more than a few seconds at a time, uh, join us on YouTube. We're at ACC Nation. It's real simple to find us. ACCNation.net is the website. And um, if, if and Will is lighting his lighter right at the moment. I, I, the only thing I will tell you, Will, is that watch your beard. Uh, so. I've got it far enough away. Don't worry. <laughs> That's good. Hey, um, and one final note here. Um of interest is something that we have just done. And, and this is sort of reflecting all the changes that may or may not occur in social media. Uh, um, we have uh, added a couple of um, uh, a couple of extra avenues for you to, um, uh, to check us out. So you can go to our website at accnation.net and it will take you to, um, the likes of Mastodon, which is one of them. We have a lot of, of social media. And the other one, which just uh, right off the top of my head, I've, I've already forgotten. That's because it's so new. On our social? Yes. It's, um, oh gosh, here. We're, I've got a note here real quickly. <laughs> As I stumble through. Here we go. Counter Social. Counter Social is the... Uh, um, alleged answer to Elon Musk and Twitter if things go astray. So we thought we'd add those and uh, start uh, sending some information down the line on those uh, two platforms as well. So um, we're trying to catch as many people as possible. And if you are on those, then you can look us up again. It's real simple. ACC nation. You can find us on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Reddit, um, you, I mean, it's, it's a non, nonstop list. So we're everywhere and we try. And if we can't, if we can't be, we will find a way. So it's real simple. Um, looking forward to, uh, to stuff, um, starting in early June. And until then we'll, uh, be talking probably a lot about baseball because we're going to get into the ACC baseball tournament, which is coming up very, very soon. So, you folks keep it right here at accnation.net, and uh, we hope to see you next time. Forward.